The Whose Turn Is It Anyway podcast is live this year at the UK Games Expo. You can check us out on Friday the 31st of May at half past one to half past two in the Dice Room, which is in Piazza 4. If you want to get involved in the live episode, then please come along. We can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Whose Turn Is It Anyway, a board gaming podcast where we talk about cardboard, cardboard and even more cardboard. We're excited to run another expansion pack episode today where we're joined by Matt Prowse from Full Board Gaming to talk about setting up conventions and what it's like. So let's not waste any time and jump over and meet Matt. So we've got a, another guest on the, the show. We want to welcome Matt Prowse to, to, to the Expansion Pack episode. So Matt, welcome. Good to hey, have thanks. you. Hey, thanks. It's so nice to have be invited. Thank you so much. No problem. We we love having a chat with various different guests and uh, uh, we get to, to get all different insights and things. So just for the purpose of our listeners, uh, if you wanted to do a brief introduction uh, to yourself and what you're all yeah, about, that'd be great. Okay, so I'm Matt Prowse. I'm 53. I'm an Aries. Um, in my day job, <laughs> I'm a recruiter and a trainer for a big nationwide logistics and fulfillment business. So I do lots of kind of training and, and engaging with people in my day job. But more importantly, I'm an avid gamer and always have been. And it feels like everything else in my life supports my gaming hobby, which I'm very comfortable <laughs> with. So yeah, hurrah, it's good. So you mentioned you've been an avid gamer for a little while. What got you into, what drew you in in the first place to, to the hobby? I was thinking about this because, you know, we, we had a little kind of pre- list of things we were going to talk Tom's going to come into but thinking about it I've always been a gamer of one kind or another going back I think about influential stuff and it's, it's silly little things but I think when I was really little there's a scene in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where they're playing a war game at the very end and they, they, they've just got these Napoleonic stuff out and I think oh that's fascinating I want to do that you know because we all had soldiers and stuff but that was a yeah. bit, bit bigger you know it, it's, I think it's sort of Lionel Jeffries or somebody else sort of you know, fat white men with beards playing a war game. It's just a trope you probably want to avoid, but it's very <laughs> accurate. Um, and then other sorts of gaming. I had a little kind of Astro Wars game console. I always been to computer gaming. Um, I was fascinated with the concepts of MUDs, you know, sort of fantasy role-playing games online through teletext. Again, I was probably seven or eight when these are going on. I had no access to them. But then, you know, university gives you access to the joint academic network and suddenly you can mess up your degree and just sit and play mugs and build build adventures for people, you know, through Circle and Deke stuff. It feels like decades, I mean, it was decades ago now, but it feels like another world. Yeah. But it was just so much fun. And I think I've probably had too much fun in life, really. And gaming is a part of it, whether it's card games, board games, war games, computer games, but kind of role-playing games were really my thing when I started kind of properly gaming and, you know, into my adulthood and university and stuff. But like many of us, it's really hard to get a consistent role-playing group together. But yeah. you can still you can still tell stories and you can still have the experiences with, with a good board game. And it's in a box and it's done. It's much, much easier to have the five or six people that are playing then and there. You've got your great evening's entertainment. 
but you haven't got to wait, you know, three weeks for Jeff to come back because, you know, he's in Egypt that week or someone's kids are poorly, which we all have those pressures. Yeah. But you can just get another another person in, get a board game out. Yeah. You know? Or a bit of planning, you can get Twilight Imperium out. <laughs> <laughs> I was counting the minutes until <laughs> yeah. TI has been mentioned. I thought and he's gonna mention it because this I is probably Probably the answer to your next question, which is, you know, if I was to say, what was your favourite game ever? What would you pick? Is it Twilight Imperium? It is really tough. And Twilight Imperium floats to the top, you know, and it's much more accessible to play online through Tabletop Simulator. There's a huge community. You know, I have been a, a Facebook group for it. So there's loads of players. And when we talk about drivers for my convention, you know, th- there's going to be a room with tables in with people playing Twilight Imperium in. But I'm, I'm going to flip back from that. I like I like games with stories. I like asymmetrical games that get people together and are more of an event than just mm. playing the game and doing something else. So there was a card game called um, originally Jihad and then Vampire the Eternal Struggle. And that's probably my, my favourite game ever. It's just sublime. It's great. Many of the things I get from Twilight Imperium, I get from playing the Eternal Struggle, but it's just so much harder to get it to the table. It's out of circulation. You can get it, but it's more specialist. You know, and it, yeah. because the community is much, much smaller, just that bit harder. But it's just fabulous. And it presses all my card game combo buttons, you know, different stories, so many different decks that can be in there, all asymmetric, different ways of playing. And it's just, just fantastic. Nice. But there, there are lots of other games that press those buttons as well and sort of, you know, come in. And I'm sure if you asked me in a week's time, I'd probably think of a different one, you know, something else I've played. Yeah, I mean, and we'll probably talk about old games in a bit, and that there are probably some surprises in there. Some games I really like, some games I really can't abide. (laughs) We've all got them. It's all different, though. I I think a a really strong kind of aspect to my character. I don't mind. People can play other stuff. It's all good. Yeah, it's the the healthy mindset to have, isn't it? Is I like what I like. You can like what you like. Yeah, might not play what you like. So, but but we're all in that way together. Yeah, there's probably yeah, some crossover, and we can find something that, you know, I, I like to do sort of map civilization type asymmetrical games. I'm probably, we could find one, you know. It might involve fleets of ships, you know. And... <laughs> always, always bits yeah. of uh, plastic ships and armadas that we yeah. can take yeah. other people out here. Yeah. I mean, I have, to, I have to talk about this, um, Matt, because you uh, kind of answered a call that. So we've known each other for a few years now, right? Mm-hmm. And and you've answered uh, uh, one of our calls when we were trying to fill up our Twilight Imperium um, kind of events, and you were like, "I'll play." Um, so you obviously came over and and obviously joined us for a few games in the past. But the one game that still sticks in my mind is the last one that you came over for, and I have to tell everyone this: where basically Matt was playing the Emirates of Pecan, who are basically the, the space lines, the yeah. space lines, yeah. right? One, one of my favourite races in there, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, you can tell, right? So. <laughs> The way Matt was wheeling and dealing, right, as if he was Del Boy off Only Fools and Horses, is I've never seen anyone to kind of take to the, the character and the role of, of that faction to the point where, you know, you know, you go into like a, a, a news agent and, and you have that scam where it's like, right, if I give you £20 yeah. and then you give me 10 exactly. and I'll give you another 30 back. It, it was all of that going on. And everyone was just around the table going, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was masterful. It was a masterclass of the. Hopefully, they won't get irritated though, because you've got to balance it with the game length. You don't want everything <laughs> to to end up being a five hour, you know, turn. So yeah, that was me moderating it. Oops. It was it was fun. It was fun to to see uh, how this is how you should play it. Yeah. <laughs> what what other games are you enjoying right now? Like anything 
kind of in the the modern ish era that you you regularly get to the table? Yeah, well, I've, I've got the travel bug after COVID, so a lot of holidays kind of saved up, and I seem to be on holiday all the time. But traveling, um, see, mates, we've played a bit of Concordia. That's a, a real, nice. real good one. Yeah, we like and different relaxing things and the different different sizes, and I think the the, the combination of card play and worker placement and everything is a, a strong one. I've been playing so much June Imperium. I'm absolutely, absolutely fabulous game. I love it. Um, I've been teaching it at games clubs and getting it out. I love the expansions. Everything adds to the game. Even the smallest little tweak, like the I don't, you're familiar with June Imperium. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family, family atomics rule in the latest expansion it just allows you to clear the deck row yeah. and see more cards in the game. And that change, because you know, there's I don't know a couple of hundred cards, and you only see. 30 of them in any given game. It just yeah. gives you much more opportunity. That's just a that's a fantastic ad. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I found that with the... I haven't played the Immortality because I think it's in the Immortality expansion, isn't it? The Atomic. That's right. Um, We've literally got a game of it tomorrow night. Can't wait. Um, But yeah, I've only ever played up to the Rise of X. But yeah, every, every time I've played it, even just base June Imperium, it's always been, it's been a delight. It's been a joy and that... Yeah, you know that that victory point, that one VP that you earn is like it feels like epic. I've got one VP. Oh god, I've earned that. You know, when you get to ten. when you get to ten and someone pips you to eleven, yeah. you're like, no, no! <laughs> it's just every VP feels earned, and it's uh, yeah, it's such a a good feeling. Whereas in a lot of yeah. games, you're playing to like you know two hundred, so you know one VP is just like meh. Yeah. But this are you is playing like, with immortality tomorrow then? Yeah. Yeah, first time yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. So let's move on then. Let's move on from um, kind of your, a bit about your kind of favourite games and into full board gaming and yes. the, the seed of the idea. And I've had, where, where did this come from? Because obviously we've known each other a few years, played a few games of TI. And was this a seed that was bubbling around in your in your brain at that yeah, point? It, or was, yeah, how did it, it start? It definitely was. I've always organised little gaming events, you know, maybe 30 or 40 people. We've got some really good gaming venues around Devon. Devon is literally gaming nirvana. Um, there's so much going on. But I wanted to organise a con. I've been to other cons. I have a thing in my character when I see something. And, yeah, it, it can be a bit of a sort of twat thing. I think, oh, I could do that better. And I, I can't <laughs> always. But sometimes, you know, you can contribute and you can tweak things and you can make things so you can add. You can add value. I think. The way the world is, less international travel is getting more expensive. Some sort of UK-based holidays, you know, at the, the growth area. I travel so many times to go to gaming events. I'm quite happy to do it. Spend a weekend, you know, train travel, hotel costs, food. So I'm sure other people will. So, you know, not, not just my, my events in global gaming, but I'm hoping that many, many more people will spawn these events all around the country because there's mm. tens of thousands of gamers. I love UK Games Expo, but most of my gaming friends don't go to it. You know, so whatever twenty thousand people are there, there's another hundred thousand people that aren't attending. I'd love them to come to Expo. Expo's awesome. Please, please get a ticket and go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but also go to your local events. Um, but COVID happened, and sort of originally I was going to do something at the same venue for maybe I don't know fifty people over maybe one night. But after COVID, I, I do lots of other local things in Torbay. And I'm, I'm, I see hoteliers through sort of school events where we're talking about work and apprenticeships and things like that. And we were just looking around the rooms again. And I was chatting to, to, to the sort of organisers of other events. 
um, we could do something, couldn't we? We talked about it before. They, they, they were really up for it. So then I started talking to other hotels saying, look, you've got a great convention hotel with lots of facilities. Have you got a really rubbish weekend in the year where you're empty? And <laughs> if I can fill your hotel with people, you know, can we have you fill the facilities? And they're, they're quite keen on that. Seems yeah. like a good idea. So I hope more people do it. Yeah. Win-win though, yeah. isn't it? For, for it is. And there, there, are, there are events, there are golfing hotels, can't play golf when it's tipping down with rain in the middle of February, you know. There are other event hotels. I haven't looked at buttons yet because the locations are a bit awkward. I want my conventions to be really accessible. But if people would go away and listen to, you know, 80s tracks for three nights, they'll go away and play board games. If they'll go away and do crown green bowling, you know, board gaming stuff. Aging population, board games are really accessible. I think in you know, outside the UK, places like Florida, where there are enormous aging communities that will go off in little golf buggies and play golf. Or board gaming is just such an accessible thing. And it's, I've, I've heard people talk in the past about World of Warcraft being the new golf. Board gaming is the new golf, really, I think. You know, but I'm not knocking golf, but it's not my thing. <laughs> just it, it's a good example of a, a hobby that takes a lot of time, you know, can be relatively expensive in getting your clubs all sorted out and trekked around and but people are happy to travel for. Yeah. So that's, that's into board games. Yeah, I quite like that comparison because, like, my, um, we've got some family members who are big into golf and they're always talking about their latest driver or their latest set of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, um, hybrids or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm just counter- counteracting that with, yeah, but it's a new game, but they don't care. Uh, <laughs> that's the difference but i'm equally the same as they talk about golf i'm just like nah any hobby that you invest a bit of money it's... in that where you can find a community to talk to on a regular basis you always sort of this is what i've got or what have you got new or whatever yeah. the so, principle's the same isn't it, it is. like it doesn't it matter is. what the hobby is is that if you're passionate about something and you get joy out of it then you naturally just want to, to obviously do it more and you want to find um more kind of places and more like-minded people that share the same kind of values share the same interest to, to share it with and and that's why these conventions are really good and I, I quite like what you said earlier about you know you should try and invest some more time into your local conventions as as good as expo is and, and it is fantastic but it is quite overwhelming and it's quite large and and it's quite nice to have that kind of smaller more concentrated um, convention where actually you get to meet more people from your local area that you've never met before. And suddenly you, you know, you're, you're kind of building more friendships up that you ever, never thought you would actually do in, you know, uh, before you kind of attended. So yeah, I completely agree with that. I really do think I've got the best friends in the world. They're just so fantastic. They're so, you know, accommodating, accessible, friendly, you know, they, they want to get involved in stuff. So, so that's all good. Um, I made a conscious decision. I'm in an R in about having day visitors against residential visitors. I thought, no, look, if you want to do daytime gaming or like a night of gaming, I can point you at clubs literally at the same weekend in an easy, accessible area. This is something slightly different. Everybody's staying. Also, literally all the organizers of conventions that I've ever met have the stress of, oh, you have to police it and they've got to take people, get, you know, make sure people have left the hotel or they can't bring their own food in. Don't have any of that. Do what you like. You, you're staying on, on the resort. You know, you can bring food. If you want to bring a bucket of KFC in, be respectful of your other gamers. And, you know, <laughs> and they around because it's breakfast and dinner as well. You know, you, I just thought, you know, it's nice to, however nice the hotel food is, you want snacky things, you want to pop out into Torquay, that's good as well. Pop out, you know, go and wander around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, 
Yeah. So this, um, your, your kind of first full event that, that you're organizing, then you obviously mentioned it's in the Torquay area, like where, whereabouts specifically is it going to be? So there's a, a group of four hotels together called sort of Torquay Leisure Hotels. And at the moment we're in one with one function rooms, a set of function rooms and everything gaming space. We've got about easily accommodate 300 people with lots of space. If things do escalate, I can sort of activate hotel two, and we, we can fall on a bit more, you know. <laughs> Death God two. <laughs> yeah, the, the resort will be very happy. But I, I think pitching for about two to 300 people will make it a roaring success. Sort of fix it in the minds of, of the, the hotel, interest other hoteliers, and other, other people, there are powers within Torbay that look at kind of the tourist industry and, you know, events that are happening. I'd love to build it into a, a festival of gaming over a couple of years and bring in loads of other stuff. So there, there's, there's so many other things we can do. You know, it might be a movie night in Kent's Cavern, which is big limestone caves. But if you're screaming, screening some sort of D&D movie and that, that'd be really thematic. You know, I'd love to get some cosplayers in, get some parading through the town. But I'm, I'm a couple of years ahead of myself. Let's, let's build it up. Yeah. We've got the English Riviera Centre, which is a fantastic venue. So the potential for conventions in Torquay is is pretty good. Mm. I did I did sort of wave the flag and sort of celebrate these hotels to other game convention organisers, but you know no one no one's picked it up. So I thought, well that that's Make definitely yourself. me doing it then. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you say, if there's an opportunity there or there's a gap, then you think, why not? If it benefits the hobby, benefits the local area and the community, go for it. So you just need yeah. somebody to to, to like create a spark, yeah, doesn't it? Especially here, uh, you talked about that festival atmosphere and i've heard about it when they, they've talked people have talked about conventions abroad i've never Ooh. heard anyone suggest that they want a festival atmosphere over here maybe it's just oh, the def- typical british demeanor maybe. but like it's certainly something interesting and different that i don't think we see over here yeah so that, that there's things being a resort hotel it won't just be we're in one hotel though but there are the other three unless we can fill them but there's other sort of entertainment going on. So if you want to listen to sort of cabaret and stuff and just go off of the evening and do that, you can do that as well. But to, to add more particular game-related stuff or nerd culture into it would, would just be sublime. It would be awesome. You know, th- th- there, are, there are other things. Like there's a Torbay Air show that gets tens of thousands of guests. I'm not, I'm not thinking quite that big, <laughs> but there's a Torbay Steam show that gets a couple of thousand. And I think we could easily you know, get get to that level pretty quickly. There's something um, for lo- everyone. Yeah. Loads of seaside towns like this, though, need more events. So if you're in, you know, a Victorian seaside town with lots of somewhat creaky three-star Victorian hotels, do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, just lots of potential. All, all you need is table space. It's so easy. Ho- hotel kind of event organizing. Well, what do you need? What have we got to do? Uh, Tablecloths? Yeah, it really we'll, is. We'll bring our own games. It's yeah. just, you know, we've got plenty of them, and we never have time to play enough of them. So uh yeah, it's but, but we're a pretty mellow group, you know, we're not we're not gonna be sort of chucking chairs around or, or you know, outrageously drinking. <laughs> I'm very much hoping. So if that's your idea, please don't come. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want you there. You no Viking yeah. cosplayers, no. <laughs> no Viking yeah. cosplayers, no, no. Well, in the Viking cosplay area as we grow it. Yeah. 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 We'll have a designated area that they cannot leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, so what's the kind of like differentiator that you're, you're wanting to try and achieve then? 
with with your convention then matt what's what's the difference so you said that you went to other conventions and you think actually you see opportunities to improve and, and do yeah. different things so like what what is it that like what's the the, the culture or what feelings do you want people to, to get away or come away I, from I, your convention I, I should say that often i rethink myself i think no that they've got that covered and that that's perfect for here but i've volunteered at loads of things you know i, I volunteered for charity things i volunteered at other people's conventions and i'm just thinking hang on a minute if i'm volunteering for someone else's financial gain that's not fair. So I'm not going to make a big deal of it, but nobody at Fullmore Gaming Events will be a volunteer. Everybody will be paid. And the guests are paying a premium for that. They're, everyone will have a couple of quid added to their overall price. But, you know, the, the maths are pretty easy to do. If you've got 300 people who all pay £2 extra to make sure the staff are paid, that's 40 working hours at 15 quid an hour you can afford to do. So it's just, you've just got to build it into your model and then everything works. I'm, I'm not doing this to make my fortune. I'm doing it really to enable me to attend more events and plug mine, but mainly to attend more events and play lots of games. Yeah. But, you know, if if I can get the business to pay for my train tickets and claim the bat back on them, you know, it's, it's little savings like that make a difference. Yeah. If, I, if I'm there professionally, that, that's the reason. That makes sense. That makes yeah. Sense. Um, cool. Again, because it's it's a closed group in a sense, that it's residential, no, nobody's just joining for the day, I did, I did, I went on, but that's, that's, I think, a little bit different. And we're going to focus on what, what I want from a con. I want to be able to get there easily because I don't drive. So I want, I want a train to get there, maybe a little bit of a walk, carry bag, then I'm done. I want a snug, comfy room that's nice and clean, but I don't need to stay at the Ritz because I'm not going to be in my bedroom, you know, to sleep <laughs> in it and go out and play games. I don't want a timer to click off when I've got to sort of stop. So our gaming rooms are open 24 seven. I'm not expecting anyone to gain 24-7, but if they want to, they can. You know, it'd be nice to be able to clean around them a bit at, at some, some <laughs> Sweep point. Sweep around them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah we're going to have a games library, so you know, that's a sort of standard thing. And the bar has been set really high by the conventions. I'm so impressed by how many games you know are in libraries now. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing to kind of, to kind of keep up with. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I want from it, really. Gaming space. I, I, I love expo but i don't really love it to go and play games the, the, the rooms are a bit too loud for me so my game expo has been doing the organizing and helping out with other people and my work at placement is getting people to the right rooms and so yeah. making sure they've got their tickets and stuff but i think about 100 people per gaming room with plenty of space is enough and then you go into the next room if everybody wants to cram into one room and have 300 in one room i suppose that's, that's up for them but then if someone wants a quiet space there's just more quiet spaces yeah, you're right, and it, it is very loud, isn't it? Like the, the the sensory overload that can be in that like gaming hall three at Expo, uh, and you kind of just zone it out after a while. But yeah, yeah. You, until you walk outside and go, bloody hell, I can actually hear it. I know, but you you can't police people to calm it no, down, and keep the noise down because it's just impossible. It's unreasonable to expect them to because they're having fun, and fun is loud. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, but but if I can bolt on a room with a couple of tables for Twilight Imperium, you know. A, a sort of an upstairs room with some, some little competitions going on, and I'm, I'm going to run some sort of casual tournaments with the idea of we'll, we'll see who wants to be in the tournament. They're responsible for going off and playing their games. You know, tell us what the scores were, and then we'll, we'll announce the second round. But yeah, there should be minimal organising of stuff, and people will do their own thing. You know, there, there'll be staff there, there'll be a reception desk, but because 
there's not a lot you need from us, except a little bit of policing the games library, so that it doesn't go in a van and get driven off. But there's, there's not a lot of, of stuff that we need to help you with. You know, I'm, I'm expecting more, more experienced gamers to probably want to come to this one. Because, you, you know, you've got to be pretty involved in the hobby to want to go away and do it for a weekend. But if people talk to me and let me know they're coming, I can make more provision if there are more you know, newbie gamers or family gamers and stuff that I can make more provision as we go. We've got a year to do that. So it's just the communication through Facebook or Discord and keeping in touch, you know, and we can grow it. But experiences at Handicon, Handicon's great. Hotel, play games, hurrah. City of games that happened in Bristol. Yeah, it was probably the model for what I want, really. Again, hotel, all enclosed, go off, play games, you know, and you're sorted. Yeah. I think it's that, that, board game holiday isn't it like treating yes. it as as a holiday uh, a weekend break um where you know you're probably going to spend 80 percent of the time doing the thing you love and playing games with lots of people but you don't always have to do that and the fact that you're at venues where as you said you know i'm just going to pop out to the marina and just take an hour and just have a walk yeah. around soak in the the sites hopefully the sun's shining you know <laughs> go and grab some food um, yeah. it is, it cannot is guarantee the sun is going to be no. shining, oh, but there yeah. are fish and chip shops. You can go down the harbour and get some nice fish and chips. You know, yeah. you, you can do something else. You can go and listen to the entertainment. You can go and do some temping bowling downstairs in another room if you want to. Yeah, there are other stuff you can do. Yeah, so you can mix it up a bit as if it was like a, a weekend break with with your gaming group or group of friends or your family or whatever, and and that's quite appealing actually. I think for, for definitely for me being in the hobby, it's like brilliant. Well, yeah. weekend, um, and I just think for anyone else who maybe is not as much in the hobby but likes to play board games, but then doesn't have to spend you know twelve sixteen hours a day playing board games, they can dabble. They can go and do a bit and go and do something else and come back late and do a bit more go and do something else and i think that that flexibility of where the venue is logistically where everything is around it is quite key right and yeah makes yeah. sense yeah so it should, should be good luck but you know this is the first one it's kind of like the the the, the, the first pitch to the, the pay in public if you want something else from it tell me you know yeah i don't i don't there are other things that other events do really well mr Broker does awesome charity raffles so i don't want to impinge on that you know the, that, that's events I go and take part, but that that's a, a grid con or a, a thing at Expo he does, you know. So mm-hmm. so it's all good. Good to him. Fantastic it happens. I don't need to add to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about leaning into what you can do and yeah. and how you can differentiate, right? So yeah, that makes mm. sense. Okay, so I was thinking I'm... of things things to talk about, and I just one of the things that annoys me at hotels sometimes, hotel bar prices. Yeah. And I've just sort of twigged that, you know, we, we've got a regular pub bolted onto the hotel, so it's just normal drink prices. So I, I still, being 53, go into a pub, find a pint and think, oh, my God, how much is that? But that's just a factor of my age, and it's not like 160 anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I mean, maybe yeah. they were £2, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah. Drop and take me. Yeah. <laughs> old money. Bit of old money, yeah. But no, yeah, going out drinking now, I don't do it very very often but sometimes we go out with the wife and we have a, a night out and i think i could have bought two board games for that <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's just the uh, the reality yeah. of it. when um, the game is over i've got really into sort of cooking dinner as well and having a bottle of wine alongside gaming and that's that's i think the perfect evening yeah and i was on holiday recently with lots of expats in greece and we sort of you know there's, there's three of us that are avid gamers and the rest are sort of politely interested 
But we were kind of sussed, you know, you can have a little sort of demo game of just one in your back pocket and literally explain gaming. And it's just so much fun. Yeah. You know, or converting dominoes into Mexican trains, just adding that extra little level of, of, of you know, a continual thing or skibo. There are loads of things. Nice, nice. Yeah. So when when is this the specifically when is your your first convention then, Matt? I know you said next well, it's, year. It is. It's the second of February, twenty twenty four. So it's a basic event. Is a Friday night, Saturday night, go home Sunday event. Um, but if you want to bolt on an extra day for the Sunday night, you can. Um, I know lots of conventions have mission creep and start to kind of extend either end, and I think we can do that in the future. But because the way the the resort hotel is structured. Things tend to start on a Friday and something else will be going on on a Thursday. So unless we build it up a bit bigger, you know, I, I can add on the other end, but I can't, I can't add on the Thursday yet. Yeah. That doesn't mean people can't, no, I'll be there on the Thursday night with some people, my, my team. So we can probably find somewhere to game. We might even have a, a local games club night or something. Yeah. So we, we can do something. And, you know, I'm hoping £144 per person for the event plus 40 pounds if you want to bought on another day is reasonable. It's it's less than I spend when I go to equivalent other events, you know, and I think adding the, the, the a decent evening meal in sort of helps helps out with that. Yeah. No, so, absolutely. But yeah, are you, I mean, you're useful candidates to pitch that out. What do you think? Pricing all right, sort of thing? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. I mean, I spend more. Yeah. Easily spend more. And as you say, and then you, you are spending you're beholden to kind of where you are with the prices of, of food yeah. and drinks and things. And, and, and a lot of these places you can't just nip out and I'm just going to go and get my yeah. own food because you'd have to get in your car. You got to drive into the, the center or yeah. somewhere and you just can't be bothered. And usually when it's a town or an area you don't know well, yeah, you're kind of less likely to, to go and do it, aren't you? But if it's, if you're well, you come back for, yeah. Or when you come back, somebody quite rightly is saying you can't bring that into the hotel, sit in your car and eat it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but they should do that because that's the rules of that convention and yes. very much understand it. That's why the whole, these events happen. But I can avoid that bit, mainly because I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do the policing of it because it's a yeah. pain. Kind of moving the uh, the conversations, that, that's a bit about what full ball gaming is all about and, and kind of when it is. Uh, and we're all looking forward to that. So kind of moving a bit backwards to the process of, of building a convention and what it takes to to kind of go through it because it's all right for us we just turn up at the end when everything's done and all the hard work's been uh kind of expended but for someone like yourself who has to have the seed of the idea has to go through what does this uh, convention look like what what's the the vision of it what should it feel like i mean where do you start like how, how do you start where do you start specifically to, to build your convention or is there any advice you can give to yeah, people okay. maybe thinking the similar thing i think you know, you don't have to be someone like me to do it, you know, to start off with. It, organizing something requires some skills. So you get some practice in organizing something, but most work opportunities, you can get some skills in organizing something for your work. So get, get some practice. Go to some events that are similar to what you want to do. You know, go to other people's events, because you should anyway, because you're supporting the board gaming community and the hobby and everything, and understand what do you want to present? You know, what what do you want to add to the, to the kind of the, hobby atmosphere what do you want to add to the events where do you want to do it you know where do you see it the gap because when, when i'm looking at where to have events and I'm, I'm looking at having other events in different places i don't want to clash with someone else's you know you can never stop clashing with something somewhere 
But if you're 300 miles away, I think that's fair enough. You know, different catchment zone, everything. Okay, so you got some experience. You know what you want to do. Consult, get opinions, because people will be happy to talk to you. You know, we're, we're all pretty open community. Get on Facebook, get chat, and just ask. You know, try ask if you can get involved in someone else's convention. Can I help? You know, there's lots of volunteering opportunities. I've moved away from volunteering, but I'm extremely grateful for all the opportunities I've had. Love Expo, love the Expo team, love all the people I've met, love the directors, you know, love, love the event. I've just, you know, I'm, I've, there are opportunities for other people, but it's really good work experience as well. Lots of people that volunteer need a bit of practice in getting those skills and they're really transferable. So it's all good stuff. Um, you set up any business, you want to do something, have a plan for, you know, three to five years and sort of start penciling out. It doesn't have to pack a cigarette packet. Just, just look at what you're going to have to put into it as to what you're going to get out from it. Now, for this sort of venture, I'm putting some money in and quite a lot of time and nothing's going to come out for a while. You know, for instance, I've, I've made bookings, made commitments. My payoff event isn't until February next year. So I have to kind of plan that out in, in stages. But you should have an expectation that you are going to have to put quite a lot in yourself running any business. Mm. You know, and be realistic. You know, look at your commitments. Look at, look at what you want to do. Make it fun. Make it something you're engaged in because you don't want stress. Again, fantastic mates in the board game industry that just seem very, very stressed about it. And again, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I can't do I never get stressed, but I've got good ways of managing it. Through going off to conventions and playing board games, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yes, the um, irony, isn't it? That That's your release valve. So when your convention's getting too much, I'm going to go to another convention and just release the stress. Well, absolutely. Or I'm just going to lock myself in a room and play TI for the next 12 hours. It's okay. But when you've got got your idea what what you're doing, you've got a convention, look at venues, but practice your pitch. Um, My buddy Dan was on Dragon Stand and he he was successful with his pitch to the Detective Society. But, you know, practice it. You know, make, make sure it sounds like a good idea to you and it probably sounds like a good idea to other people. Be professional about it. You know, the, you know, amongst our nerdy gamer community, you know, just just make make, make sure you, you you you're given a flash presentation and you understand that you can answer questions. And then if you've got a credible idea, people will jump into it. That, that's my, my my sort of checklist, really. So you know, you you guys, it could be a whose turn is it anyway? Convention coming up in the future. Who knows? We've not <laughs> even knows? thought about it. But sounds like something JP's organising. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Um... yeah. Thanks, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. You know, he knows I love organising. I'm the one that is the... You are. Uh, basically, I'm a project manager um, yeah. by, by by craft. So what do I do? I manage time and people and getting things done and delivered, right? It's that, so it's no, it's no uh, secret that behind the scenes no, I'm yeah. just whipping everybody and go, come on, guys, let's get everything let's done. Move on. <laughs> and behind the scenes, I've got my Gantt charts and timelines and things Absolutely. going on. Because no, I don't... like organising stuff, you know? Yeah, don't get me excited, man. Stop getting me excited. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like myself, like I've organised a couple of like games nights and I've organised a couple of tournaments and all that kind of stuff. And all this sort of the, those first few sort of bits you talked about, I was nodding along. And then after that, I'll be honest with you, I was like, oh no, that sounds like a lot more. Have you got any sort of tips or anything to go from maybe that small sort of someone who organises their local events like, like you, I believe you haunt my old local of Clifton Road Games and run some events yeah. there in the past. Yeah. Quick plug to Clifton Road Games because it's one of the best gaming shots I've ever been to in my life anywhere in the world, you know, and sponsoring my event as well. So, you know, fair play. Yeah. There we go. We'll, yeah. we'll put them in the show notes. 
But how do you, so how do you go from sort of organising those like those nights and those local tournaments and stuff like that? What's the what's the big first step from going from that to you know potentially a convention or yeah something? I, I think the big, the big first step should be: Am I having fun doing this, or am I stressed as hell? You know, and if you're having fun doing it, then escalate, do some more, make it bigger. Um, look at what you can do. Get people in overnight for something. Do something for an evening and the following day over a long weekend. You know. Build it up. I would also build a team. Get people involved helping you. Do it. Do it as a sort of you know a, a non-profit, just a fun thing. And if, if you can turn it into something more structured, and you start to involve hotels and contracts, then you really need to make it a business and set up a limited company just to protect yourself as well. But I, I, I'm 53 now. I'm talking to students and apprentices and things at school events. I wish I'd set up a company decades ago you know so i challenge everyone do it before you're 53 you know it's much much, much easier than you think yeah. there are there are technicalities about it and you need to think about your commitments and your, your sort of legal obligations but they're not that challenging if you're small scale you just need to understand what they are and make sure you adhere to them yeah so i was worried about sort of tax returns and stuff for this coming tax year like hang on a minute haven't earned 10 grand don't need to worry about it we're safe yeah it's just a bit of bit of research isn't it I mean, but knowing that doing your research yeah. you know you, you can I, i've spoken to accountants and solicitors that they're interested in startup companies you know, can start companies become bigger companies and they'll, they'll give you a bit of free time at the beginning and they're advised to, to get going so i'm very grateful you know for all the help and support i've got i set up a facebook group and invited all my gaming friends into it like to be involved so look if you're happy to contribute, jump in and give me your opinions. And I can't tell you that I've gone with everything because I've got a structure that I want to have. But again, that advice is, is fantastically useful and, and really good. And it, it builds relationships. You know, again, you, you transfer in skills and there are so many skills in organizing things that will help with pretty much any careers. You know, communication skills, um, organizational skills, pitching things. Lots, lots of useful stuff in there. Lots of CV fodder. Yeah, CV fodder. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I, I, I know what he means. Yeah. It's, it's um, my CV's a bit like that. Just every like, like, random skill I picked up from everywhere ends up yeah. on it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a discussion about whether you should put gaming in somewhere on your CV, and there were some people that absolutely not, absolutely not. Don't mention it. For God's sake, don't talk about gaming. I think, well, that's you. You know, if that's a big part of your life, you, you, you're misleading. Everyone, and you're holding yourself back. There's so many, so many good, positive things about gaming. Yeah, it's quite weird. Like, it's quite funny you talk about that because I know Adrian, you've got a little inkling for the future to have a discussion around um, how this hobby transfers skills to real life, skills, to real yeah. life uh, situations. And it's so true when you kind of sit and think about, you know, some of the skills that you do pick up. I'm not talking about backstabbing and uh, and lying and cheating. Because there dealing. are some, some skills that you need, or wheeling and dealing, although that can be useful. <laughs> um, but no, I think generally in life, uh, there's, yeah, you can pick up so many skills from this hobby. It's unreal. Yeah, so it's on my, yeah. it's on my CV for sure, because like just mentioning things like supporting people who've set up businesses and stuff like yeah. that. And there's just so many invaluable little skills where, as you kind of say, by volunteering, that you can pick up and just just even supporting a friend doing what they love doing, you know, and that kind yeah. of stuff that you've just, yeah. you end up learning just as, if anything, I found that those lessons have taken to heart more because I'm passionate about what I was doing. 
than perhaps some of the sort of, you know, you do pick up skills through the grind of the day-to-day job, but if you're passionate about what you're doing, you tend to pick up those skills and the lessons stay with you longer, I find. So quite a lot of my, I do a little bit of support with people for interviews occasionally. I used to do my old job. And um, yeah, I used to tell them all the time, if you were saying there's something you did that that you think applies to a question you've been asked and it's something you're passionate about talk about it because the passion will come through about it when you talk about it right and so it's kind of yeah. like, you know that sort of yeah. make sure you're getting involved and making sure you like just put those things on your cv and talk mm-hmm. about them in in interviews that's yes. tangented quite massively there but we've, we've, uh... <laughs> we've got into career advice i love <laughs> it yeah but it's important you know and, and so many things learning things quickly understanding rules picking up teaching support or Oodles, uh, easy another podcast in there. So yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Well, it's on the it's, lineup. It's on the line, don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming soon this summer. Yeah, I think. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Ed, any anything else you want to add to that, Matt? In terms of uh, building convention, any kind of the challenges you faced that you want to share and go? You know what? Lessons learned. Don't do that. Well, <laughs> don't do well, well, I've got some. I'll happily come back and talk about them. But so okay. far. You know, it's been pretty challenge-free. You know, every, right. everybody's re- really open about it, and they, that's a great idea. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and other conventions and other gaming industry-related things are all really positive. You know, and I, I think it's, it's a, you know, you plug my convention, I'll plug your shop or convention. It's a really great way of, of building the whole community. Yeah, this industry's great for that, I think, in, in the fact that people are just happy to help each other. You know, it's not... Not like, oh, we'll do, it. we'll do it if you just do this thing where you have to pay us money to do it. Like, literally, I'm like, generally happy to, you know, contribute, aren't we, and, and make yeah. this, this hobby grow. And we want to get this hobby out to as many people as possible because we love it. And we're just like, we want to yeah. get everyone in the church. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you've got to respect as well that it, people, these things are people's businesses, you know, so if, if, if it's going to enhance them, they're probably going to listen to you. If you're just trying to crib something for free, they're probably not going to listen to you. So it's about, it's about mutual support and development. So that's great. We talked about a bit about the, the convention. We talked about how you can kind of go uh, about getting this your own convention started and taking some lessons learned and uh, advice from yourself, Matt. But more importantly, like for those who are interested in full board gaming, how do they book? How do oh, they very, get... very importantly, yeah. It's the, probably the most important <laughs> thing. How do they say, I'm coming to the convention, I'm interested, let's go. Okay. I want to come to Torquay. So they go to fullboardgaming.com and they... Click on the link for the Talkie Convention, which is the first one coming up at the top of the page, and they just phone the booking team. So the, the venue have a booking team that are open from sort of 8 till 6 p.m. every day. They call through the booking reference that's on the on the web page, and they just make the booking. They talk about any special dietary requirements, you know, whether they want an apartment or family room or what, what, exactly what they want to do, and then we can get them accommodated and get them in. Simple as that. Yeah. Be nice if they join the Discord or the Facebook group and then talk to us and let's know they're coming, get involved in some discussion, plan some games and things. But when I go to cons, I don't really want an itinerary of I've already got this arranged. I just want to say, what's well, oh that's cool, let's go and jump on that one. You know? Don't don't mind the other way. I know buddies will, will plan out the entire games that they're playing, but I just I, I don't want the extra pressure I've got to finish this by two o'clock to go to that game. Like, yeah. Let's play this game. Yeah. It's quite free sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes let's play this game again. And again, and again. <laughs> let's, oh, let's keep playing. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's different people who like to do it in different ways, aren't they? Some people like to know that when they turn up, they've got a game to strike right at the start. And I, I'm like that, to be fair. I like to know that I get there at nine, 
I'm going to hit the game straight away. But then you're right. It mm-hmm. depends on how long the game goes for. You don't know who you're going to be playing with. So you've got time constraints separately. You just, you just don't know, do you? So it's quite nice to have the free form, I think, and see how it goes. See who's got what on the table. Have a wander around. See who needs players. Uh, can I join you? Yeah, great. Suddenly we made three more friends. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, we're going to have um, all the details for football gaming in our show notes. So if anyone uh, forgets exactly what we've just said, we'll have all the links and um, in, in the description. So check them out there. Yeah, we can get, get people to your site. Great. Okay. Let's move on then, Matt. We do um, a section with our guests. And basically, this is Adrian's brainchild, by the way. And I'm actually going to let you, Adrian, uh, introduce <laughs> it. Yeah, because it's your brainchild. I feel like if I explain it and introduce it, I'm taking something away from you. And I think, no, this is Adrian's baby. So niche number ones, off you go. What is it? So niche number ones is a question with something very niche and not quite, like not a generic, what's your favourite board game or anything like, what's your, you know, it's, you know, what's your favourite board game with this addendum on it, right? And uh, normally what we find is they sound like ridiculous questions. But then when you start talking about that game, you find out these little treasures of games or people's favourites that they may not talk about all the time, but that I'm with you. Yeah. That they just sort of kind of hit a certain sweet spot of, oh, in this situation, this is absolutely my favourite game. So that was kind of the concept and the idea. So we kind of do a few episodes and we ask a handful of questions and then following those episodes, any of the guests get a handful of those questions yep. asked to them as well. Okay. So let's kick off with the first one then. So um, your favourite game that you don't know why. Okay. That's the joke. I'm pretty good at knowing myself, and I kind of know the things that press my buttons. So can I just twist it into that? I don't quite know why. So Terra Mystica. I absolutely adore Terra Mystica. It's got lots of things in it that I really like. But I'm not quite sure why I like it so much, and I play it now. You know, let's crack out and get get going. I love the asymmetrical nature of it. I love that it's challenging. I I love that it's not balanced. I love trying to kind of like, you know, compete against, oh, I know you've got a really good race. I'm still going to get you. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love the argument sometimes. As well, and, you know, people say, "Oh, you know, that, that's not good." You, know, you have the advantage. I love the discussion. You know, it's, it's kind of, and it's weird because it was refined a bit. You know, Gaia Project is a smoother version of Terra Mystica, but I just, blah, I don't like Gaia Project. <laughs> really, I should do, but some of the things they've taken out of it, some of the tightness, because I, I don't want to get into too much detail like Gaia Project, but you know, the, the satellite networks you can cross yes. over in Gaia Project, but you can't in Terra Mystica. Yeah. You know, this is my land and you're not coming nowhere near it. It's, it's a big wall, kind of, basically. Like, yeah. bug, bugger off. It's, yeah. uh, you're not coming through. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, li- I like that sort of contested element in terrorist. And I, I like the sort of take that element about I got there first. You know, you can you can see where people are going to go because you know what colours they like. Yeah. So if you're not on the ball and you're not getting there first, you know, you've lost the race. See, I've not played Gaia Project or Terra Mystica, but every time someone explains it to me, it sounds like a different game to the the game that the last person explained to me. Like, there's some, there must be something about this game. I must give it a go because, literally, every explanation someone gives of me, I would probably tell you it's a different game to the last time someone explained that game to me. It's it's an odd one to to sit and explain, isn't it? Like, you are right. I think everyone gets something different out of that that game or that system. Um, and for me, I, I do prefer Gaia Project. Uh, I actually like Terra Mystica, to be fair. I'll play any of the, the versions, but yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain. You're just gonna have to play it, Adrian. I will. You're just gonna I have to give it a go. 
And but I, I like the stories, you know. I, I like yeah. the sort of the epic clash between two different races and stuff. And you know, one succeeded, you know, in the background. This particular race that builds little bridges between because of sweat the board, you know, points and things. It's just nice. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice one, nice one. Yeah. Shall I tell the next one? Go and then. you can finish off with the last one. All right. The next one, the favorite game, or your favorite game that never hits the table. Oh, I've got so much nostalgia for this, but I can tell you why it doesn't hit the table. Axis and Allies, right? So there you go. The so 80s, here he goes. <laughs> in, in the eighties, playing Axis and Allies, I just adore it. I really like it. I like it. It's really themey. Um, I, I get I get people rubbishing it as like oh, Meritrash, and that, I, I don't get angry about many things, but that that sort of title is probability driven rather than random dice driven. So if you've got you know a, a good chance of winning something, you're probably going to win it. But I like the way that dice and the, the, the mechanics of it can throw things in the same way that battles in the Second World War happened. You know, I, I like that. I like that. I think it's a really good simulation of, of the situation in the world. I like that if you've got kind of allied players that don't quite know all the ups and downs of the game, you know, you, you, you've got a team that are kind of together but are doing their own thing as well. It re- really works. Yeah, I don't like it as a. If someone's, if someone's not bought into the idea of, well, we're going to actually aim at this or we're going to defend India, for instance, and put into yeah. the whole pressure for that. If they're, if both like America and England aren't bought into that and it's just England that's bought into that, it's just going to fall apart. I do. I, I really like Axis and Allies, although I do like the idea of the, the simulation thing. But all it takes is if that first turn goes badly, if you try, if you overextend yourself and that first turn goes badly, we playing for four hours knowing that you're doomed, basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I don't like now. It's a good choice. <laughs> the reason it doesn't hit the table is the downtime between players, and that's a yeah. bit of a killer for it. So playing on an app is much easier. So, so many board games are just better on apps because you just haven't got the faff around. But Axonology is the first game that I sort of blinged up with some little hats for the different players, little movie Oh, things. really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is brilliant. <laughs> And then if you get the Pacific and the Atlantic one and bring them together and play the whole world with six people adding in China and stuff, it is just fantastic. And if you're all into it and you don't mind the downtime because you're telling an interesting story and seeing what happens, you know, I've got a whiteboard for it as well. But it is, I, I, I like to sort of note the, the, the events and sort of make it more of a mega game with more yeah. players. Then, yeah. then it's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'd those. love to do a mega game and like 12 hours or over a weekend and like your prop the fact you just said you get hats I love that I, think, <laughs> I, just, I could wear I could wear a hat and just pretend to be a nation for for yeah. like 16 hours and and basically just ham it up like literally <laughs> I, I'd love that that's gonna be great you you need to get war rooms on the table yeah. it sounds like sounds like we've got someone who's able to host now so. yeah, there we go <laughs> yeah there we go have you got war room I have yeah, got war room yeah oh, can we get a game in? <laughs> yeah. Everyone asks it. It's one of those where, again, you kind of have to get six or eight people willing to sacrifice 12 hours of their day. Yeah. Hey, um, I've got a convention coming up. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think we've got the uh, ideal place. Well, so last one we're going to ask yeah. you of the niche number ones. So favourite game where you were reluctant to play either because of the box art or sort of the graphic design of it, but it's now your favourite. Oh, that's really tough. Um because I'm not, I'm not really bothered about box art. You know, it's it's one of those sort of background things that doesn't bother me. It could be a plain box, and if it's a good game, then then awesome. Um, I think box art can be really misleading as well. Oh, there's a Dragonlance gemstone game or something, and the box looks really kind of TSR dragons and sort of 
Dragon Lance story and stuff. And it's it's like a ten by ten grid with ten little coloured gemstones on it. And you think, hang on. So yeah. it's not a bad game necessarily, but the box art is completely irrelevant. And like a movie trailer, you know, you can tweak the box art any way you like. Put a picture of the game and people playing it, and I'm, I'm more happy to play it. So I try not to be like, oh, oh I got one. Right. There you go. Um, well, I, so I'm not going to go into favourite games here because I, I love I love all the people the bling people bring to terraforming Mars. Right? I, I love the little plastic bits, but whatever their setup is, that will only get me through about a quarter of an hour that I'm bored with it. So, so <laughs> more, but whenever I see it at conventions, the more and more epic kind of little tiles for the game. I think these are cool. Our oh, 3D printed, love it. But then, oh yeah, it's the game still. <laughs> so it's almost the reverse of your question. So I, I apologize. Say, it's, it's a niche number naught. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. should like everything about Terraforming Mars. I just don't. Yeah, but well, you you okay. kind of fall a little bit in the TM camp, don't you? Yeah. I know you've got I, Ares Expedition, which you like. I prefer Ares Expedition. For me, it's just I like the mechanics. It's just spread out over four hours yeah. when it doesn't need to be. Typically, especially like I think a lot of the, the tactics and strategy can come from drafting mm-hmm. and drafting adds like half hour onto the game easy yeah. so yeah i'm kind of i, I like it it just takes too long yeah there is my just thing but i do time. agree like slowly because the card art is I, I, i've made my piece on that before i don't like the <laughs> card art on it or the the complete random mix of it but you're right every time i see a new dual layer player board or a new set of plastic or epoxy yeah. bits that people have made I always think that does look good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah. And I loved your your episode about board game bling. Yeah, so oh, nice. Good. So so people can still lure me into Terraforming Mars by having more epic mountain scenes, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. bigger nuclear explosions or craters, then, then we're good. <laughs> It'll get you through an extra 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Great. Okay. Well, we come to the uh, the, the final question for you, Matt, which is, Generally, apart from Torquay and Full Board Gaming's first main event, what are you excited for? What's coming up for you? Oh, so much gaming and reconnecting with mates and things. So, so conventions are a really good way of keeping in touch with people. Thankfully, the pandemic kind of drove Discord use a bit. So we stay in touch a lot more now and play a lot more online. You know, Board Game Arena, tabletop simulator things. But it's, it's just not the same as face-to-face, spending time, having a couple of drinks, you know, catching up about all the the sort of periphery of board gaming as well and families and just, you know, meeting their friends and the people they persuaded to come as long as well. So off we got. It's an ever-growing list of events coming up. Um, so there's a Devon Board Gaming Hotel coming up, a little hotel, about 60 people. Um, that's the start of... The March, isn't it? March. Start of March. That's I'm right. there. I'm there. Yeah, yeah we're there. Oh, nice one. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Then we've got Aircon, um, Baycon, the 24-hour gaming marathon, Expo, Gridcon, you know, so there's lots of stuff going through the year, but there's still a, lo- a load of space for other people to organise events, so please do. Yeah. Um, just the, the, the expansion of the gaming industry all over and, and more players and more stuff happening. Just it's ongoing excitement, really. New games, more stuff coming out, the next hotness. It's always yeah. exciting, though, isn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah. Like the, every week, it's like, oh, that looks good. Ooh. Yeah. It, it's an easy question to answer because the answer is, Everything. Everything. Yeah, I'm excited for everything. As we sort of expand football gaming and get it going, getting something else going in another sort of, this is Southwest thing, getting something going in one of the great northern cities or Liverpool or somewhere with a nice catchment area, that's really exciting as well. Um, 
I've been thinking about sort of boutique holidays for maybe 10 to 12 people, book a castle, go and play board games. You know, your board gaming host does your meals, teaches your games and stuff. So that, that, that sort of thing could work. And looking at little sort of channel of thoughts and stuff or, hmm. or, you know, little bizarre places for holidays that I couldn't do on my own, but with 10 other people, make, brings it into the realm of, of possibility. Yeah, so, it makes, makes so, it work financially, doesn't it, when you can share yeah. the cost of that between you, yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I think that, that sort of event, things like host seasons, people can do board gaming weekends on their own. They don't really need a convention. Just book a little cottage off-season, you know, a couple of hundred quid between 12 of you. It's nothing, is it, yeah. really? Well, I'm just, doing, so, just booked it up between me and three other mates. We're going away for a Blood Bowl and board game weekend. Just booked a little nice. cottage in the middle of nowhere. What's your team? What's my team? Norse. I've just bought Norse. Norse. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> Nurgles. No. Uh, I haven't played Blood Bowl since the 80s, unless you count the digital version that I had Blood Bowl 2 on there. Yeah, it's um, just the last rule set. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I've, I've not played the actual physical. My brother's got it. So we keep saying we're going to sit down and play it because it's just going to take us right back to Christmas 1989. Yeah, but the uh, digital version play. counts. Digital games yeah. absolutely fantastic. It's very gaming, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, you don't have to paint your miniatures. It's nice to paint miniatures. I can't do it. I'm absolutely useless. But if, if I can just edit them, you know, digitally, get get the game going. <laughs> that's what matters, isn't it? Really. Yeah, exactly. And again, much more accessible. Probably yeah. a thousand people playing Blood Bowl now on, on, yeah. on the Discord server. Yeah. So easy going. Get your, get your team developed and killed. Let's start smash, smashing faces in, yeah. It's a great game. Yes. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. Uh, I think we've hey, got to I the mean, end there, Matt. Um, yeah. Anything else Shout- you want to add? No, just shouting out for other exciting things. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Pre-booked that today. So I, I just, I'm a firm believer in all kinds of aspects of gaming are all good. And everything yeah. starts to merge into each other. I'm sure they'll end up being Assassin's Creed board games. Big IP, these things will happen. Yeah, there is one. You know, Brotherhood of Venice, yeah. Brotherhood of Venice. already? Okay. There you go. I haven't got it, but it's definitely one out there, right? There's, yeah, it's a lot Two? of second-hand market. Let's oh, go that fair way. enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be a good Assassin's Creed board game out there at some point. Controversial, we've never played it. We've never played it, but so. I've seen a lot for sale and only delivered a couple of months back. Ah, so. Other than that, uh, honestly, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really, really appreciate it. It's nice yeah, to meet you, Adrian. You know, good yeah. to reconnect with JP as well. Yeah. Good, good to talk. So thanks again. No, yeah, it's been but, good to have you on. Yeah, thank you for, for joining us and chatting chatting all about your convention. And we look forward to seeing how it develops and hopefully we'll hear about your progression over the, the coming year. So, yeah. Yes, um, please come. <laughs> yes, everybody, check it out. Check out the site. Yes. Great stuff. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, then. Cheers. Good night. wraps up another expansion pack episode where we just want to say thank you to all our listeners as always and we love engagements if you want to get in touch with us you can do that via a variety of our handles you can email us at players at whoseturn.co.uk you can get us on the board game geek and subscribe and become a fan you can get us on facebook at whose turns anyway podcast or instagram at whose turn podcast and if you want to see us do some videos and stuff on tiktok why not? It's at whose turn is it anyway? And we'll be back again with another main episode next week. So see you later.